You are listening to episode 103 of the Juicebox Podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Omnipod. It is small, lightweight, waterproof, and tubeless. That's the kind of insulin pump you're looking for. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You test your blood sugar, and it's 80. And then you wonder, is it 80 and steady, or 80 and rising, or 80 and falling? That ever happened to you? I bet you it has. Turns out you're in luck, because today's episode is also sponsored by Dexcom. And their continuous glucose monitor will answer all of those questions and much more. On today's episode of the podcast, I'm going to be speaking with Jeff from Gluco. Gluco is an app, but it syncs with your meter, your Dexcom CGM, your fitness applications. It brings all of your information into one place and it does it as effortlessly as I've ever seen. I'm going to let Jeff tell you about it mostly because, I mean, what I know is could fit in a thimble, as they say. So I just got done editing the episode. I've listened back to it. Now it's been a little bit since I recorded it. Uh, it turns out my chattiness and Jeff's nerdy excitement about talking about diabetes took over. Most of the episode is just talking about Jeff and his 20 plus years with diabetes, but then we eventually do talk about the Gluco app. So I'm sure the people he works for will be thrilled, but you should be too. You're going to get a little insight into Jeff and into the product. Trying to get a hold of Arden to tell her to shut her basil off for a half an hour, but she's not answering. <laughs> I uh, I got a little um, I might have got a little ahead of myself about a half an hour ago with a bolus, and now I'm going in the wrong direction. So I think I can head it off so, with a basil. <laughs> so do you manage on a basically minute by minute basis? N- no, then it, are you, are you- no, it just happened to be after lunch. So. Um, okay. So basically, she's 12. And by the way, Jeff, we're recording the whole time. So she's 12. Um, and we manage through text messages mostly. So she has, okay. she has Dexcom um, G5, so I can see it. But I don't look at it very often. What I do is I keep the tolerances tight enough that if we go outside of them, then we do something about it. But we're pretty good at staying inside. So we're between uh, 70 and 130. And then, okay. and then if I, you know, if I hear an alarm that she's going outside of that or falling fast or something like that, then we get involved. But I would say most school days, we only speak probably twice. And by, and and by guessing, speak, I mean text. I'm guessing using Dexcom share, you're following her, all that good stuff. Yeah, that's how we do it. Like the, this, this afternoon, I guess it was still this morning. Like, she has gym this year right before lunch, which kind of sucks a little bit. But 15 minutes before gym's over, she, you know, we text and we talk. And today was interesting because she was 77 in gym, which I'm, mm-hmm. fi- I'm fine with because it's a nice steady 77. But we, we need to pre-bolus. So right. we had to do nine units. So I did an extended bolus. I basically gave her 20% at the moment and let the other 80% go in over a half an hour. So uh-huh. when she finally got to her meal 15 minutes later... She was still, like, it was just sitting there. Like, her blood sugar was sitting. But as soon as she started eating, instead of it going up, it started going down when the rest of the bowl was kicked in. So it's a little bit of yeah. thinking. But it's to be honest, I always, tell, I always tell people, like, I'd rather think about it for a couple of minutes there than have to spend the next uh-huh. four hours, like, fighting with some sort of high blood sugar. So <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what, um, what, is the, what is the split between you and the nurse at school? Are you basically... Uh, delegating everything to yourself. So she's in Ardenson seventh grade 
she hasn't been to the nurse since the last day of her second grade year. She doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't go to the nurse. We don't talk to the nurse. The nurse, if I'm being honest, and if the nurse heard this, she'd be heartbroken. She's such a lovely person. But we send her supplies at the beginning of the year just to make her feel good. Like, but they're, they're aware, and they, they know how to treat her and, and all that stuff, right? Yeah, there's a bunch of kids in the school who have type 1. But, uh, but Arden doesn't. Like, Arden's been, like, she's been to the nurse once this year because she got pushed in gym. And got knocked oh. over and needed a Band-Aid. But that was pretty much the end yeah. of it. So, yeah, so we send her, I send her a glucagon because that seems to make her happy. I send her a, <laughs> uh, I send her a, an insulin pump, but no insulin. She never once asks about that. Um, uh-huh. I, I send her a, an extra Dexcom sensor. But they're basically just there in case I have to stop in and do something and I forget them. So I, it, but it makes her feel good. I send her a couple of juice boxes that I throw away at the end of the year. And, uh, uh, yeah. and it seems to make her comfortable. Like she wants to be involved, which is nice, but it's it's for yeah. us, it's unnecessary. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know. So it, it's you know, if you can't see the CGM, it's a yeah, you couldn't do something like that. But um, I just noticed in second grade, I noticed that even though it was only five and ten minutes at a time, Arden was missing cumulatively an hour a day of school. You know, so it just ended up yeah. being. I just didn't think that was a good situation for. Yeah, and it's amazing what we can do with the technology we have today, right? Oh my god, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is because prior to this technology, like I was not nearly as good as this, you know, at, at this whole thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you didn't have the insight into it at all. Not um, nothing, nothing. We started, yeah. you know, needles, and you know, she's she's been diagnosed for over a decade, so you know, right. a plastic bag full of needles, uh, that little like freestyle meter that looks like it's yeah, like yeah. it should come out of a bubble gum machine and, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, a Lance and, and that was pretty much the whole thing, you know? Um, yeah. I couldn't get a Ray1C out of the like mid eights with that. I know I, I grew up the same way. I was sent to school on the first day of school with a, with an earthquake pack that I gave to my nurse and it had some, some apple juice, some crackers, and then take my blood sugar meter to the nurse every day at lunch to check and, Pretty much I was on my own. I don't think the nurse even really knew that much back then either. So it's amazing to see how far we've come. And I've always, whenever I see my parents, I'm just like, how did you guys let me go to school on my own? How did you, how did you, you know, let go of me like that? I, if I had a child with diabetes, I, I think I would be way more neurotic than they were. Don't you feel like it's all like how much information they have in the perspective of the time, right? Just, you exactly. know, somebody yeah. told them he'll be fine. Just send some crackers right. and juice in case he gets low. Yeah. Your parents were like, hey, that guy at the hospital said you'd be all right, so I sent you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the other kids are doing it. That's <laughs> fine. So we're sort of backing into it, six minutes into it. But Jeff, this is uh, can you introduce yourself real quick? <laughs> sure, yeah. We've already had a whole discussion before. <laughs> um, so my name is Jeff Chang. I'm a product manager at a company called Gluco. Um, we're a small startup, and I say small sort of tentatively. We, we've recently grown... Um, by about 50 people, and we've merged with another company called Diasend. Um, but when I joined Gluco about two and a half, three years ago, we were about 15 to 20 people. Um, so we've really grown a lot since then. I, um, I've had diabetes type 1 for about 20, 22 years. Um, I've been managing with an insulin pump and a CGM, but prior to that, I was just on an insulin pump for about 20 years. So right after I was diagnosed, they put me on a, on a pump. Um, and yeah, I've been living my life with diabetes ever since, um, uh, trying to, trying every day to manage and do the best that I can. How old were you when you were uh, diagnosed? So I was seven. 
Okay. So if you do the math, that makes me about. I just did your fifty-eight. Oh. I figured it out. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm very good with math, Jeff. So, um, <laughs> so, so, okay, seven years old, and you didn't have a pump in the very beginning. You you just said your parents, armed with crackers, sent you right back to school. How did you? Yeah, I was. Go what ahead. Did, what did you do to, like, if you were on your own at seven, like, did you just? Was it just? I'll wait here and hopefully nothing bad will happen. Or were you proactive or how did, how did it work then? I was so lucky. I never ran into any severe episodes of hypoglycemia. I never went into DKA. My mom must have thought she was doing the best job in the world. <laughs> um, but really, I think it was just, I, and I'm sure a lot of the parents know this. It's a lot of meal planning, a lot of repetition, um, you know, telling me, okay, you're going to take this amount of base of, of MPH at the time in the morning. And then, this is exactly where you're going to eat at 10:45 a.m. and at 12 when lunch rolls around we're going to give you 30 grams of carbs in the sandwich. A lot of it was just kind of planned. And when unplanned things would happen like if I played basketball for too long at, at brunch, um then I would I was I was pretty aware at the time. Um thankfully I was 7 or 8, so I knew I was going low. I would go check um and I would uh have a juice or something. And go check would uh, mean like leave basketball and go to the nurse. Yeah, or or actually go to the classroom. I remember uh, there was a lot of conversations with a teacher about where and when I could check. And some teachers actually back then wouldn't let me check in the classroom because they said it was a distraction to the other students. Um, and I, I, quite unfortunately, I think now thinking back on it, because I, I feel like growing up then that sort of imparted on me this feeling of like, um, this is something, you know, maybe I should hide when I'm around other students or maybe I shouldn't do when I'm, when I'm in the classroom. And so I sort of took a a secretive approach to my diabetes, uh, in the years after that, which which wasn't the best thing I think, uh, for me to do. And what, what we did, Jeff, is right away on when Arden was really young. So she was diagnosed when she was two. So prior to Mm -hmm. even starting school, uh, for the first handful of years, on the first day of school, literally the first day, the first hour, so there would be no re- room for the gr- the kids were coming in and finding their desks for the first time, and I came into the room and gave them like the five minute speech, like this is Arden, she has diabetes. Do you know what that is? No one knows. Okay, great. Yeah. You're gonna see her do this in class. She's gonna, you know, sometimes she's gonna poke like a little tiny hole in her finger, a drop of blood's gonna come <laughs> out. You're gonna see her test it. Arden would whip out her stuff and do it in front of them. And then it yeah. just it right away, it normalized everything. And Arden said it's yeah. never been an issue besides in early on and maybe third grade. There was a girl in the class who was kind of a little more mature than everybody else. She tried to mother Arden a little bit, and mm-hmm. we just kind of. I went to the teacher and I was like, "Look, you got to tell her to stop doing that. Like she doesn't. You know, it's nice that she's concerned with her, but tell her right. to climb out of her butt. You know what I mean? Like she was a little, she was right. a little too right there with her." Um, yeah, but it just so normalized it now that I hear from Arden's teachers that a month into the school year, she's like, I hate to say it. I don't even hear her, you know, when her CGM makes a noise, I don't even hear it. She's like, but the, the, <laughs> her, uh, social studies teacher told me about halfway through sixth grade. She's like, I literally forgot that kid had diabetes. She's like, it just, <laughs> it, and, and she's like, I know she was doing stuff in front of me, but it just became so common, right. you know? So that's also a reflection of how well she's able to just manage yourself right and how how much how well you must be doing as well it's a it's a it's a it's an effort between the two of us like she takes on more and more of it as time passes but you know like i always wonder you know like if i just threw her outside for like a whole day and was like good luck you know like i wonder what, <laughs> what would happen I, and i don't yeah. think i don't know that she could keep it as 
probably steady as I do right away, but she could figure it out. And I figured it out with data, like right away, not to like make a ham fisted segue, but, um, you know, without the, without the CGM data, I was, you know, I've said it here before, but for the purposes of your conversation with me, you know, prior to any kind of technology, we were eight and a half, 8.7, 8.9. I'd struggle to move the A1C the littlest bit. Uh, we got Mm -hmm. an Omnipod. It came down a point. I kind of got stuck Mm -hmm. again. We got a, you know, we got a CGM. I got it down a point. I got stuck again. And then I started looking at the data in a different way. And just, it made all the difference in the world. I taught myself more about how the insulin worked. I used the data to teach that to myself. And then once that happened, like, bang, like, she's between 5.7 and 6.2 for over three years. That's amazing. But it's It's, all the data. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that there are almost like plateaus in her management. Like, she'll... You know, once you get the pump, you get down a point. CGM, you get down a point. Data, you get down a point. It's almost like uh, it's it's interesting to see these almost technological stepping stones for you, um, and how that works. Yeah, and, and now, I think a lot of good. I'm sorry. I, I was going to say I think a lot of people I've talked to as well have, have very similar stories, uh, and it's just amazing to see this happen. Mm. But nowadays, when where people are just you know, they feel more comfortable going into the office and saying you know I heard about a thing called a glucose monitor. Like you're giving it to me, not not. You know, I'll bring in, I'll bring in, you know, graphs and charts to prove that I can do it. You know, right away. You know, I want, I want, a, I want an insulin pump. You know, right away. Right. You're, you're seeing people like I'm, I'm corresponding with people fairly, almost daily. That they're saying, you know, I started listening to the podcast and I get my kids A1C came down two points. You, you know, like, wow. and I finally, you know, I was saying to somebody at Omnipod the other day. You know, what we're, I'm trying to get them to like, they, they sponsor this podcast. Like they, by sponsored, I mean, they buy an ad on the podcast. And so I, I keep telling them like, we should do this in the real world. Like, let's go out in the real world and talk to real people like right there. I said, because it's such a shame. We give people these great tools, but don't really teach them the extent of how they can use them. And it, the CGM is a great example, right? People get a Dexcom and they think, well, this is the alarm that'll keep me from dying which uh-huh, is right. the, is the very minimum of what that thing does. You, you, you know, and when you Absolutely. see somebody when you see somebody's Dexcom graph um and and you see that they have their high threshold set at like 400, I'm like, "Well, how's it what what are you doing that for?" You, you know like that that's meaningless. Right. Like by the time you're 400, I mean, you're you're embroiled in a 4-hour fight to get your blood sugar back down. Like I want to know if my daughter's blood sugar is creeping up at 130 because then I can do right. something and in a half an hour get it right back again. Um, you know, yeah. with the insulin, the insulin pump, the, you know, temp basils are such a huge part of how I keep things steady, you, you know, and, and I don't know that people look at it that way. I think they think of, oh, I got a pump. I don't have to inject as much anymore, but there's so much more, you know? Yeah. I think you've def- I think you definitely nailed it. I think that people, I, I, there's so much knowledge. I think you learn just by having conversations like this one where people, sort of like diabetes hacks, right? They'll think of things, they'll share the knowledge, and these things go on to really become almost canon in diabetes knowledge, and every, everyone does it then. And, and it's, um, things like the, your high threshold, for instance, I think the, uh, I think, I forget what the Dexcom has said, I think 180, maybe 200, but one of the first things someone told me was like, you got to lower that, that high threshold because it's so important to know earlier rather than when you're already at 200. And that, that alone, I, I bet, attributes to cumulative a1c drops of, of a ton right? yeah or being comfortable overnight because 
you're talking about eight hours of 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 time where you don't even eat. It's just so beautiful, you know. Like, like for a person who has to think about when to give insulin, no food for Absolutely. eight hours is like a joy, you, you know. So yeah. if you can find stability, then you just soak it up, you know. Like, uh, there's nothing better than wake up in the morning and see that my daughter's able or my daughter's blood sugar has been eighty all night long. Like, I'm like, wow, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. You, you, you know, like that's yeah. what my blood sugar probably was while I was sleeping. If I'm lucky, <laughs> you know. And it, it makes a big difference just in the way you feel waking up at 80 versus 200. I think it really, for me, it sets the tone of the day. I feel I wake up feeling better, more refreshed. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely makes a difference. No, and I think that stuff's overlooked too, like the general um, effect that your blood sugar has on your overall well-being and, and, and your, yeah. your day-to-day feeling. It's just that, you know, you can see so obviously when people's blood sugar is a little elevated that, you know, there, you know, there's so many different ways that it can present, but you can become foggy, you can become, you know, lethargic, yeah. tired, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you, you don't want to like, you know, it's like, it's like one of those strange things, you know, like, would you, would you, you know, would you give your kid six ounces of beer every two hours to keep them a little buzzed? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You don't want your kid living like in a, with a buzz, right? Or, and, or, or effect, like, That's some uh, progressive parenting. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. But you know what I mean? Like, like, there's a way, there's a baseline, Jeff, of who you are, right? And how you see the world and how you respond to it and how you think about things. And so many different things can affect that. Your sleep. And then once you have type right. 1 diabetes, like, you know, the level of your blood sugar. You know, are you the same person? when your blood sugar is 150 that you would have been if your blood sugar was 90 and yeah like how many experiences a, you know what i mean that's that's a really good point yeah. um i i think you know when you're a teenager too and you'll probably start to experience this soon it's uh you for me i stopped i stopped caring as much about my diabetes just by the fact that i was invincible and i was a teenager and i started you know my blood sugars crept up uh i told my mom to stay away from a diabetes, I'd manage it myself. And I think, like you said, that that became sort of my identity. I was, I didn't feel good on a daily basis, but I thought, okay, maybe this is just, this is just me now, you know, it's fine. Um, but I think, um, I've seen a lot of research where they, they have this term, the diabetes adolescence, and it sort of lasts into your 30s. Uh, and that's basically like, you, you tend to have more difficulty controlling your A1Cs. A1Cs are, are in general, higher until you hit 30 or so. Um, but I think it's just, it's so important to, to realize earlier, you know, how much, how much different, how much better you could feel if you brought your sugars down just a little bit or your A1C came down a little bit. Um, and it, it doesn't have to represent your identity in a sense. Um, I, I guess what I'm saying is I had spent a lot of time in the 200s, for instance, or, or higher in, in high school and college. And I think how I felt then, I sort of attributed to just me being me. But I, then when I got a little older and my blood sugars came down, I, I, I saw there was this whole new side. When I'm, when I'm in 80 to 150 range, I feel so much better all the time. And I think that's, that's, it was a big realization for me. And it might sound obvious, but um, it really does help. No, and I don't think it does sound obvious because, because people leave their endo with their endo telling them, Oh, you know, here's your target range from, you know, it's from 90 to 200. Well, right. okay. You know, if, if I'm 180, my blood sugar is double 90 at this point. And then, then that very human thing begins to happen to you. Well, he said 180, but it's only 200. 
Right, that's very close. And then right. all of a sudden, when it's two twenty, you go well, two twenty and one eighty. They're only forty points apart. You don't do the <laughs> math and go, I'm now triple what my blood sugar should be. You go, I'm only forty points from the top of my range. And then at some yeah, point, you absolutely. get comfortable with that, and you say, well, yeah. you know, geez, I was two twenty this morning. Now I'm one sixty. Now one sixty seems great because two twenty was earlier. One sixty still yeah, seventy points it. higher than you're trying to stay. And so, <laughs> you know what I mean? You sort of lull yourself into just going like, ah, oh, it's right on. It's okay. You know, like, like it's like you know, I gained five pounds. I'm like five pounds. I don't stop and yeah. think that I've gained thirty pounds since I was. <laughs> you know, like I just got, <laughs> I'm just five pounds since yeah. the last time I paid attention to my weight. You know right. that kind of thing. And and yeah. now here's the thing though, is that I I was in a specific situation, right? Um, this made sense to me, and I'm a stay at home father, so I had nothing but time to put into it. Like I could, you know put in insulin, wait and see till how long it worked. Like then kind of like, okay. And say to myself, all right, we did it 1145 today. And at noon she was a hundred, but you know, if I would have waited five more minutes, maybe she would have been 90 diagonal down that way. When the food went in, maybe we could have ended up back at a hundred instead of 120. Like I, I had the time to think about things like that. Right. I'm so darn chatty in this episode. It was hard to find a place to stop and put the ads. As most of you may know, my daughter Arden uses the Dexcom G5 mobile continuous glucose monitoring system that tracks her glucose levels throughout the day and night, notifying her of highs and lows so she can take action. But that's not all it does. Dexcom also has a share feature so Arden can have up to five loved ones like her mother and I track her numbers in real time. No matter where Arden is or what she's doing, she always has backup. Now, if that's the kind of peace of mind that seems like something that you'd like to know more about, I think you should go to www.dexcom.com slash juicebox or click on the link in your show notes. Please keep in mind, CGM-based treatments require finger sticks for calibration, may result in hypoglycemia if calibration not performed or symptoms expectations do not match CGM readings. You can always contact Dexcom toll-free at 877-339-2664 for detailed indications for use and safety information. Now that we've covered the Dexcom CGM, let's talk about the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. The same insulin pump that my daughter has been wearing since she was four. Softball started up, right? At school. So Arden made the team. Yay, Arden. And now she's got to go to practice right after school. But that's sort of a difficult time of the day for us because Arden sometimes gets low after school and at the very least is very, very hungry. What we've been doing instead of her getting low, and it's actually been helping us learn more about her management, is we've just been making different adjustments to her basal rates in the mid-afternoon. So instead of letting her come home right at like 85 and, you know, in search of some food, we've been able to sort of manipulate her basal insulin so that her blood sugar stays more at like 100 and not on its way down, but more stable. So she's able to go out on the softball field directly after school, practice for an hour and a half, and then come home and have a snack. Don't get me wrong, she's still hungry, but her blood sugar's not falling. Of course, not to mix up the ads, but we're able to see Arden's blood sugar on her Dexcom. I can see it on my phone with the share feature. But the point of that is, is if we restrict a little insulin in the midday to get her a little more, a little higher, uh, and maybe a little more stable going into softball practice, what happens if that restriction of insulin causes an increase? Well, again, Arden doesn't have to disconnect for her activities because she's wearing a tubeless insulin pump in the Omnipod. So we just throw a little text message to her phone, say, hey, I see your blood sugar's creeping up, bolus this much. She does it, and she's actually able to keep her blood sugar stable and steady with insulin because she's not disconnected. 
and because she has the Dexcom. To be honest, these two companies should probably just merge. It's perfect together. But that's neither here nor there, and I'm not a business expert. Let's get back to Jeff from Gluco, who so far I have not let talk about Gluco. <laughs> I mean, you saw that coming, right? And yeah. for most people, they don't get to be a stay-at-home parent. They don't get to, you know, they have to get up and they got to go to work and everyone's always rushing around. And, and the, the big question yeah. is, is how do you get... How do you get those things to make sense? And so you, you're involved in something. And the reason I, I reached out to have you on is because I always wonder if I didn't have the time to pay attention to it, I know I wouldn't be here. How would I do it? And I don't pay any attention to, like I say, I use the data to make decisions, but I just use what I see on the Dexcom screen. I'm going to, you're going to, you're going to hate me here. I've never turned in a, um, uh, you know, what, what do they say when they say fill out your logs? I've never filled out a log. Um, no one's ever downloaded my daughter's PDM um, or meter. I don't tell anybody anything. I don't share any of this with my doctor whatsoever. And there's part of me that thinks I could probably be doing better if I did. And even though I feel like I'm doing great now, Maybe maybe better is not the answer. Maybe easier is the answer. Maybe you know less stressful is the answer. But for people who aren't like me, how do they use this data like the most efficiently? Like without it, Jeff, becoming a job. You know what I mean? Like because that's the downside of it is you already give enough of your time up to diabetes. How do I get better results with without giving him more time? Right. And this is where I'm going to open you, you up to pitch your, pitch your little head off and tell me about Gluco oh, and Diacin, sure. because these are two words that I know <laughs> exist. Gluco, Diacin, right. both words I've heard. And now I'm going to tell you I'm an idiot and I don't know what you're talking about. So I've, I have <laughs> no background in this anymore. So any way you think of to describe it, please just jump right in and do that. Sure, sure. I, I think I'll start with, you, you make a really good point by saying you have the time to um, to watch your daughter, to kind of study, okay, this is what happens 15 minutes after I'd, I'd give her a bolus. Maybe I should have waited 20 minutes. Uh, maybe that would have made a difference. But you're, you're sort of her care manager, uh, not, not to label you as something, but you're able to, to, to be there for her and mm -hmm. watch her. Um, whereas for most people with diabetes, you don't have, a, you're, you're in a essence like a, a personal trainer for somebody who's trying to lift weights or kind of get fit. Uh, and for most people with diabetes, that's in reality, they're endocrinologists, they're primary care physician, or maybe they're nurse practitioner. Um, and, and the current state of care, um, and I just came from my endo appointment a month ago, is you see your endo for 30 minutes. They may or may not download your devices there, meaning they may get to see your glucose data. Or it may just be a qualitative uh, meeting where they ask you how you're doing. They ask you if you think there's anything you want to ask them or um, have anything to go over. And, and that's really it. You know, uh, sometimes a nurse will follow up with you and, and maybe they'll put you on an intensive regimen where they'll monitor your sugars. They'll have you sent, fill out a logbook and fax it over. Um, a lot of the, the technology they use is, is still very antiquated. You have to fax things over, or email them over. Uh, well, email's not as antiquated. But, Jeff, you um, already lost me. If you asked me to email me something, I'd be out. I'd be like, no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and exactly. It's It's like... People don't want to spend any more time on this thing that they already think about 24 hours a day. And I, and I think that's, that's both unfortunate, but just the reality of the way it is. Mm -hmm. um, it's already hard enough to get somebody to 
do things like lose weight, and that's something everybody wants to do. Uh, but for something like diabetes, where it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of investment, and but it's there with you 24 hours a day. It's always on your mind. It's even harder to to really take that initiative, and the the health systems don't really help in, in this regard. Um, and so, Gluco and Diacen together, we want to make it easier for people to manage their diabetes. We, we want it to be, we want to basically create a system that could be your companion to diabetes. And we do this through a lot of different ways. Um, we have a mobile app. The mobile app's available on the Play Store for Android and the App Store for iOS. And this app is meant for you to be able to download your data, whether from a pump or a CGM or a blood glucose meter, into the Gluco platform. We can then give you a ton of different analysis on this data, you know, show you when you're going high throughout the day, show you how you're doing on Friday evening specifically. Um, we can also show you, give you trends on your data over time. So you can say, since the last time I saw my endocrinologist, how am I doing? Um, and we find that this really helps enable those whose, whose endocrinologists don't download their data. Uh, my prior doctor didn't download the data. And I went to them with my glucose reports and I said, look, three months ago I saw you. You didn't really give me an advice. Three months later, I'm kind of doing the same. So maybe we should talk about my data and, and the different things we could do with my basal rate. Right. Um, and it's kind of interesting. We're seeing a lot of patients sort of drive the appointment using the, the data that they get from Gluco just because the endocrinologist's offices or the doctor's offices aren't equipped to work with this data yet. And so we want to be driving that edge of like, okay, this is someone from diabetes generates so much data, a wealth of data, and there's really so many insights you can learn from it. You know, like we were talking earlier about thresholds, for instance. Um, and I think we at Gluco want to basically make it much, much easier for you, the person with diabetes, the caretaker of somebody with diabetes, to understand everything that's going on with your child or with, with you know, who you're taking care of with their diabetes. Um, we want to paint a picture for you. Um, of the diabetes management and, and what you could be doing differently. So, Jeff, is Gluco, um, I mean, is it a public company? Do, do I have to pay to use Gluco, or how does that work? So, Gluco currently costs uh, $60 a year for a personal, um, and by, for a personal uh, subscription, and that's just if you are somebody who wants to use Gluco, um, you want to download it from the App Store, you're not affiliated with any health system. Um, ideally, we don't want anybody to have to pay for for Gluco in the end. So we're really asking, uh, we're really getting to pump companies or we're getting to health health systems and we want them to sponsor Gluco for their patients. And that's been our primary um, mode of getting Gluco in the hands of patients. Uh, patients aren't, aren't paying for it, uh, but their health systems are. So um, for instance, like Arden uses Omnipod, does, does Omnipod offer something like that? Yeah, so um, Omnipod, we're, we're actually close partners with Omnipod. So Omnipod sponsors Gluco for all of their patients. So if, you're, if, you're, a, if your doctor uses Gluco at the clinic, uh, if, you, say if your doctor uses Omnipod at the clinic, uh, Omnipod has likely provided your clinic with what we call our Gluco kiosk. And that's the device um, that you set up in the clinic as a doctor, and you can download all your patient's data at the, at the clinic. Um, additionally, Omnipod will sponsor, if you're an Omnipod user, Gluco at home. Um, and this is basically, we'll get you set up with a smartphone app. We'll get you whatever cables you might need to be syncing your different devices. And you can use Gluco on your smartphone 
absolutely for free through Omnipod. Okay. Wow. Well, that's cool. Do other pump companies do the same thing? You said you're trying um, to get them to do it, but who do you have? Yeah, currently not. Currently, it's just Omnipod. Um, Animus has a very close relationship with Dyson, and will be since we're merging together that a relationship will carry over. Um, but currently, Insulate with Gluco and Animus with Dyson. And so, you guys, Dyson and Gluco combined, are you sticking with the Gluco name? Yeah, we'll be sticking with the Gluco name. Would you guys have a fist fight in the office? How does that work out? <laughs> we actually prefer to wrestle in the office. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, wrestling it's funny. <laughs> I. I, I think of myself as a reasonably bright person and the word diacend i've looked at a million times and until just very recently i was like oh diabetes send i get it <laughs> yeah <laughs> a little That's embarrassed funny. actually jeff when it popped into my head i was like really that, okay um but i think of what else diacend could be <laughs> it could be nothing else i just thought it was a funny name somebody <laughs> made up i thought for sure it was just you know a european thing but nevertheless um you did you got Gluco, right, for uh, for glucose. That's pretty obvious, man. <laughs> Plus, your font is fun. So I was good, I was right there good. with it. So, um, so for a person like me, who every time I'm told, hey, you could do this, I go, no, thank you. No, leave me alone. Stop. You know, like, they, my, my endo doesn't download my pump. They used to try. They were like, hey, let's download your meal. I'm like, why don't you just, it's okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, so just yeah. get back. Um, if I needed their help, I would have been like, please download this right away. Um, but, but what I mean is for people who already feel like a little overwhelmed, who just hear, we can get you the cables, and their brain goes, oh, no, 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 I don't have time for anything else. Um, yeah. Is it... it it's worth putting together, right? Because once you have the dev, because I talk all the time about things that feel like mistakes, I guess, quote unquote mistakes, like diabetes decisions you make that lead to blood sugars that are like 330. I, I said, I always tell people, like, don't feel like that's a mistake. That's just a learning experience. You know, you because you can go back and deconstruct it. I put insulin in at this time. Uh, I ate this here. Here's what happened. What that tells me is maybe I could have made um, a bigger bolus. Maybe I could have added a temp basil. Maybe I could have done a pre-bolus that's longer. Next time I'll add a longer pre-bolus. And then look what happens. Oh, now look, it didn't go up as high. Maybe it, maybe a longer pre-bolus. And then, you know, like every time you do it, that feedback is so valuable for next time because at some point you're going to actually make that decision correctly. You're going to bolus the correct amount at the exact right time, start eating, and you're going to see very little in the way of spikes and then you never really have to think about it again. Like it's a, you know what I mean? But so you have to think about it up yeah. front to get to the part where you sort of don't have to think about it much at all anymore, I guess. Yeah. And, and so at Gluco, we do a lot of beta studies. Um, we value people who use Gluco and people who don't use Gluco as well. Just the feedback from these people on our product and what they think we should be doing is, is super important. So I, I want to make a small pitch for. Uh, people, if you want to get in touch with us to join any of our beta studies, please reach out to us. We love to hear feedback from you about a product, about not the, about uh, any sort of diabetes opinions or anything you might want us to build into the product. But on that note, I was going to say we talk to those, we talk to a lot of people who tell us, "I just don't want to look at my data. I, I get enough anxiety looking at my Dexcom." Um, we had, you know, some people say they they put their Dexcom in the other room when they're at home because they just don't really want to know what's going on. And that's a challenge for us. And, and I think we, we like that challenge because it, it means that we really have to build something that is able to capture a, a wide range of people. We want to we wanna 
We want to, to, to uh, enable the use case of you monitoring Arden's diabetes. We also want to um, enable the use case of uh, a, a 65-year-old type 2 di- uh, person with diabetes um, who's managing her glucose values as well. And we also want to capture the, the tech enthusiasts, you know, people who really we want to study the data at. all the time. Well, and that's, these are... Go I'm so sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think there's two kinds of people when the electric bill comes, right? One one person rips it open to see how much they owe, and the other person <laughs> sets it down and lays something over top of it. You, you, you know, and and I, yeah. I, you know, in the end, you're going to be paying that bill at some point. You might as well open it up yeah. first and give yourself a chance to plan. You, you know, yeah, like absolutely. I, you know what I mean? Like when when you feel. Here, here's the thing. Like, and I completely understand if someone's Dexcom graph can make them feel anxious but you can either pretend for a couple of weeks that it doesn't exist and not feel anxious and then find out what happened and then feel anxious or you could live in the anxiety a little bit up front and maybe never get to that result anxiety like i'd rather be in the process anxiety than in the result anxiety if that makes sense it's a lot of words absolutely yeah, and and you you do see two types of people with diabetes management as well. Those that say, "All right, well, I mean, day to day, I feel okay, and I may be at one eighty, I may be two hundred, but I can function. I feel fine." Um, and there are those that you know don't don't want to look at their Dexcom at all, and there are those that really want to be involved in in the data and and to you know find little intricate details regarding uh, you know this bolus last time, how they did with this bolus last time. Um, and we spend a lot of time at Gluco thinking about both those use cases and what we could do for both those people. Um, and I, I think it's, um, you know, it's really important for us to be able to develop a product that um, teaches you, makes you, makes you excited to want to look at your diabetes data. You know, we don't want you to be um, fearful of it. We also don't want to hide it in a ton of different statistics and numbers that you might not care about. And so our goal is to create this product that really spells out for you things, how you're doing. Um, we don't want to attribute any sort of judgment or make you feel any, anxi- any more anxiety than you might have. But our goal is really just to be your companion in diabetes moving forward and to get you the best diabetes management that you could have. That's cool. Um, I think so you, you had, Go ahead, you had please. said earlier. Sorry to interrupt. No, no. no. You. Um, you had you had said earlier that uh, you know you make one bolus one time and you can learn from it. For instance, you can kind of choose to uh, teach yourself and learn from negative or positive experiences moving forward. And so that's one thing we try to do a lot. Luco, it's uh, using the data that you provided us. We try to bring out insights from your data and bring out patterns from your data. And for those that might not want to view these things, I I think it we try to sort of shift their perception away from one that being of fear and one into one being more of um, maybe fear and paralysis towards one more of like, oh, this is, this is what's happening. It's, it's more of an education, more of a, um, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. Everybody, everybody with diabetes has their ups and downs, but um, we want to help you take that step into, into better management in a sense. So one feature I want to talk to you about is uh, something called our temp basal insights, for instance. And this might be something that maybe uh, Scott would be of, of pertinence to you. It's uh, a, a feature that will pull out all the temp basals that you've done on your Omnipod and will show you, it'll break it down by percentage. So let's say you're temp basaling down 50%. So we'll show you every time you've temp basal down 50%. 
and we'll overlay your CGM data on top of that, or, or glucose data if you don't have a CGM. Mm-hmm. So basically, we'll sh- it will serve to be a teaching moment for you to see, okay, I gave Arden 50% basal reduction last time she had PE before lunch, and this is how she did in those hours after. Um, and you could see every time you did that, every time you basaled before lunch, you temp basal before lunch, and, and see what exactly was the optimal amount of temp basal. And, and it serves to be a, a learning moment for you, um, and we hope for a lot of people who don't really know what to do when they have to temp basal. Um, I know for me, it's not, there's no clear science, there's no clear, no one day is the same for me. Um, but if I have some knowledge about how my previous days were when I took a certain action, um, then I can that can definitely inform me uh, as I make my decision right now, and that's really one of our big goals with Gluco is to help you make these decisions. And it sounds nice to have that extra data because, like, I can use a real world example from when you and I got on. So Arden at at eleven fifteen this morning, my time, we pre bolused for lunch. Like I said, I did nine units and extended bolus twenty percent at the time. The other eighty percent over a half an hour. She probably started eating. 15 minutes after the, or 20 minutes after the first 20% went in, which means that a, a good chunk of the other 80% has been, is pretty much in at this point, but isn't working yet. And so I watched her blood sugar from there stay very steady for the next hour or so. Around 12.15, it crept up. I watched it creep up. Then all of a sudden, the arrow flipped to straight up. It was 136 straight up. And mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest, it probably would have leveled off around 160. I didn't mm-hmm. even wait. As soon as the arrow flipped up, I texted her and I said, bolus another 0.7. Why 0.7, Jeff? Because I know 0.7 is going to work. Why not 0.7? Because, <laughs> because right now, because 0.7 to me stops the arrow and gets her back uh-huh. down, right? And because I think right. I talk a lot about like, like I try to stop the arrow. If the arrow is going down, I want to stop it. If the arrow is going up, I want to stop it. But I don't want to overtreat it and then send it in the wrong direction. So when you and I got on, I said, I think I might have overbolus because all of a sudden she flipped back around and she was like 126 diagonal down way too quickly. And I texted her. And by the time I got a hold of her in about 10 minutes, the diagonal down really started to slow so i just told her never mind we're gonna leave it go like don't do anything and for the last 30 minutes or so she's been stable at 110 and and you know what i mean which is fantastic but what i'm saying the reason i'm telling you that is because right now there's still there's still a lot more insulin than i meant for there to be at the moment right but i'm wrong because her blood sugar is holding and how do I know I'm wrong? There's the slightest little bend in the three-hour line of her Dexcom. It's not an up. It's not a steady. But the bend is up just enough that it's indicating to me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That she's yeah. still heading in more of an up direction than a down direction. So my hope is is that an hour from now when she gets on the bus, I think this up bend is going to hold for another half an hour. And then she always gets a little lower at the end of the day. I think when the... um. When the vibration of the day ends, she relaxes, if that makes any sense. And then, yeah. and then there's no anxiety about being at school. There's no, um, there's no um, excitement there. All that goes away. And then her blood sugar right. starts to drift down at the end of the day. My bet is when she gets on that bus at 3 o'clock, her blood sugar is going to be about 90. And I bet you it's 75 by the time she gets home, which to me is right in time for the after-school snack. And then, boom, we're good. Um, yeah. But all that's effect, all that 
got figured out by just watching that stupid line on the Dexcom. <laughs> and you're telling me that there's way more data than that that I can see. And that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But, but at the same time, you know, if you don't need that data and if you don't want to look at that data, you don't have to. You know, and I think that's the beauty of our, our system. It's, you can choose to get as deep as you want to be. Um, and we don't want to ever want to overwhelm anybody. But if you want to go in on the minutia de- uh, detail level and, and look, you know, between 12 and 1 p.m. on Friday afternoon, how am I doing? You can do that. But if you just want us to deliver you patterns, for instance, is a feature we're going we're gonna to release soon. It's basically we're able to tell you, okay, what are Arden's best days? You know, which days are, 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 should you really model her after? Uh, when might she need some uh, to, to revisit her, her patterns? Because maybe during the evening between 8 and 9 p.m., she's going hypo uh, at a higher than normal rate. Or maybe on Fridays, she's going high, uh, you know, between 6 and 9 p.m. So we, we want to deliver these patterns to you. And we want you to be able to see, if you're not tech savvy, we want, we want you to be able to look at these patterns and know what's going on very quickly. So there's a great overview um, that is much easier to absorb than me staring at a line waiting for it to bend kind of thing. Like it's, exactly. it's, it's easy to, to, to take in. And I'm looking at a couple exactly. of screenshots here and I can see that. So, but at the same time, I, to hear you talk about bends like that, I, <laughs> it gets me excited in a very nerdy way. Cause I, <laughs> I think that a lot of people don't really understand. Or a lot of people don't think about things like bends uh, and how those affect your blood sugar, but you can, uh, if you use Gluco, we have a lot of different views uh, or graphs where we will put your CGM data on top of your pump data, on top of your blood glucose data. And if you're using some sort of fitness tracker, you can connect that as well. Uh, our goal is really you set the system up. Um, a lot of the systems now will automatically transfer data into glucose. So you actually don't need cables or anything. Um, and that basically you just let it run. And if you choose to come back and, and look at your data, if, or if you want to have a conversation with your healthcare professional, or if, you're, if you want to review your data at the end of every day, we find a lot of patients like to do this at the end of every day, you can do that. Um, it's all available for you on Gluco. You can see, see your pump, CGM, exercise data all in one graph. And you can very quickly see how every single bolus or exercise is affecting your minute-by-minute glucose if you want to do that. So if you're not an Omnipod user, can you check it out? Is there like a checkout time or do I have to buy it right up front or how does that work? Oh, no. If you, if you're not, if you are not an Omnipod user yeah. or if you are? If you're not. I mean, if you are, it sounds like Omnipod's going to cover the cost for you. But if you're not, like, do I have to pay right away or can I download it and try it and then like no, pay, I, pay to open I, it up the rest of the way? So I, I would encourage you to go to the App Store and download the app. Um, you can play around with the app without a subscription, um, but you will need to, if you're using a, a blood glucose meter, purchase a piece of hardware called the MeterSync Blue, and that will connect your meter to the Gluco app. So our MeterSync Blue is basically, uh, we want to make every older glucose meter Bluetooth enabled. Uh, and so we sell a piece of, of uh, hardware that will connect to your old meter through the uh, usually the audio jack that's on the meter, and then download all that into Gluco. So you will need a subscription for that. Okay, cool. That's excellent. Um, yeah, I just, you know, it's funny. Until I'm, I'm one of those people that when I first thought about getting an insulin pump, the first thing I thought was, wow, I could manipulate basal insulin. That's, that was my <laughs> first thought. Like a lot of people are like, oh, no more injections or this kind of, or I can, you know, bolus as much as I want. I was like, wait, because how many times 
did I sit there watching my three-year-old blood sugar go low thinking why isn't there a switch on the levomir you, you know what i mean like she uses love she used levomir when when she was on injections a lot of people use lantus or you know right. if their if their formulary still covers it or they might be using something else by now but um i always thought like why can't i just flip it off like if i could just pause it for a little while and make it stop working for a little while this would be perfect right here her blood sugar is sitting right here like right now i don't need it to go down anymore and then I, yeah. right away i thought wow this is going to be great and then fast forward so many years later to just a couple of months ago, and I was interviewing Scott. And, oh my God, I can, I'm so bad with names. Um, um, the DIY, a DIY uh, it, Scott Lebrand. Yeah, and his and his wife. Damn it, Dana Lewis. Dana Lewis. Thank you. <laughs> uh, no sorry. problem. Hey guys, sorry about that. They gave me these both. They I interviewed them both separately, and at some point I asked one of them. You know, I said something about like, you know, so I guess so it just boluses to move you around. And, and one of them answered and said, no, it, most of the manipulation of your blood sugar through the artificial pancreas is done through basal rates. And I was like, right on. Like, okay, that makes, that actually makes more sense, you know. So, um, you know, today, as an example, the one thing I didn't say is when I set Arden up for her extended bolus because she was 77, I didn't want her to get too low before she got done eating. I did jack up her basal 50% for two hours afterwards and yeah. be, because of what I know is in her lunch today. So she right. has, there's Oreos and bagel in her lunch today. So I was like, she's going to need this insulin. And if I have to cut it back right now to avoid an, uh, a low at the moment, if I, if I do that, she's going to get high in an hour. So I can't, so I have to like, how do I, without bugging her nine times while she's eating and having to bolus like crazy, how do I accomplish that? You know what I mean? So Right. Yeah, just I know they. A lot of endos are hesitant to put people on pumps, and I. Well, I, I think in, as a general statement, I think some endos don't want to put pa patients on pumps, and I, I think you've captured it right there with that whole sentence, that paragraph that you just said. Just because you have to think about, okay, should we extend her bolus? Should we reduce her basal? Should we, you know, uh, increase her basal by this much? And if we do increase it, how long should we increase the basal by, or how long should we extend this bolus by? There's just so many parameters to think about all the time, and it's just it's so it's it's really hard, um, yeah. especially if you're navigating the waters by yourself. And, it, and it, you don't have time without that information too. You get stuck again. How many times have you ever heard somebody say, "Oh, I woke up this morning, my blood sugar was 200, and I bolused the right amount, but it didn't come down." Well, it didn't come down because there's a lot more going on. You know, you could be getting exactly. like a liver dump in the morning. Like there, you know, there could be all kinds of different things happening. So like that, this happened to me just last night is that somehow for about two and a half hours last night, I think Arden might have been laying right on her, on her Dexcom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I didn't have data for like two hours. And to be perfectly honest with you, Jeff, I'm about to get a surgery on my shoulder in about a week. I'm in oh, such no. insane pain constantly. I, I get so exhausted during the day living through the pain that I'm yeah. sleeping much more soundly than I have been like most of my life. So getting a beep every 30 minutes from the Dexcom that I was had a signal loss was not waking me up. So just, you know, as Murphy's Law would have it, Arden's blood sugar went from 110 to 220 in those in that two-hour time frame between, you know, wow. 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock. She's growing and, you know, like all this stuff. Yeah. So. I wake up at six and she's not going to get up until seven and her blood sugar is like around 220. I did a temp basal increase for an hour of 95%. So I doubled her basal and I bolused really hard and going out the door for school at 830, like 90 minutes later, I had her down to 140 already. 
And then, Great. you know what I mean? She gets back. But but if I would have just bolused, I bet you she would have been, if I would have been lucky, she would have been 190. You know, and yeah. I would have had to have ended up bolusing again. And then you get people caught in these horrible loops where they're, they're bolusing and they're bolusing and they're bolusing and they're bolusing and nothing's yeah. working and then they get frustrated. And then, right. the, and then the frustration makes them say, well, obviously, no matter what I do, I can't affect it. But yeah. I think what it is you is feel that, helpless. Yeah, it's terrible. And then right. you go online and you go, look, look, who else hates diabetes? And 50 other people are like, <laughs> me too. And then before you know it, you've built like this sort of, like what I want people to do is I want them to feel more powerful up front. And you can't feel yeah. powerful up front with 20% of the knowledge about how to take care of something. It's just, it's not going to work that way, you know, you know, so. That's a great point. Um, I think we, we try to empower patients and our uh, method of doing this is to increase the self-efficacy of our patients uh, or people with diabetes. And um, we, we want to do this through things. Uh, for instance, we're working on a, uh, a, a platform called GlucoAdvise. And what that is, is I was alluding to uh, patterns earlier, but we're also working with com a company called DreamEd, um, who is working on a bringing your closed loop algorithm. So right now, a lot of the artificial pancreas algorithms are for real time diabetes management. Uh, they're going to go right into insulin pumps and CGMs, but they want to bring that closed loop system to an open loop system. So essentially, through Gluco, you would download your data, um, download your insulin pump, your CGM, and DreamEd would then run an analysis on it and then send you back what they think your updated pump setting should be. So your basal rate, your carb factor, your correction factor, um, your insulin sensitivity time. Um, they would optimize those things for you on, a, on an ongoing basis. And so that our goal for that is obviously for you to take a step back and kind of uh, not have to think about that part. Not, well, have, not have to think about how I could adjust my basal rates. Exactly. Yeah. So even without um, the artificial pancreas, you can have much of the benefit of it using that, right? Am I, exactly. I understanding yeah. that correctly? Yeah. No, no, you're totally right. So we would send you back updated basal rates, for instance, um, tell you to adjust your basal rates up and down, depending on what day it is, what time it is. And that's, this is based off a ton of work they've been doing. They led a lot of the um, pre-med diabetes, led a lot of the work developing uh, artificial pancreas, um, and they've taken all their same algorithms and moved that into a, a, an open-loop system. That's so um, we're really excited. When you say open-loop, to dumb it down, you're talking about people still doing injections or, or that sort of thing, or, or pumping without the artificial pancreas algorithm, that kind of idea. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, so the closed yeah, okay. loop re refers to the fact that you have a CGM that's feeding back into an insulin pump, and the insulin pump's making these decisions. It's a, it's a closed loop for you. An open loop basically means you still have your CGM. It could be feeding back into the pump, um, but that pump's not making any decisions for you. You're making those decisions yourself. No better time in history to have type 1 diabetes. If there's a good time, there's not, but there's no better time. So I, Unless a cure rolls around... You so know, this far. Is the, we're living in the golden ages of diabetes yeah, management. I, no kidding. You're definitely right. Yeah. Not of pop music, though. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, but, but diabetes management, yes. The yeah, music's gone away. Yeah. But, uh, but pop, uh, but, but this is good. So, um, all right. So now it's a great. A, a, go ahead. No, no. It's just, you're not a Taylor Swift man, I take it. Listen, T Swizzle's fine. I, I don't mind her. <laughs> Every once in a while, she does something that I'm okay with. I'm tired of um, putting on a radio and not being able to tell the difference between 19 different people, 
You, you know, like they, I think, I think everyone that's on the radio right now is having their songs written by the same three people. So it just, I think, it, I think you're right. I think it actually is the same three people. <laughs> yeah. You just like, I would rather have some band come out and just do what they do and see what happens and, and not have to reach back, you know, Green Day's back with another album. That band's 30 years old. Not that I don't like Green Day, but like, if we don't support other bands, then you're not going to have that ever again. You, you, you know what I mean? You're going to have, you're going to have pretty people who have a, a reasonable voice and <laughs> they're going to sing some song about something. And six months from now, I could bet you a million dollars. You won't remember the song and you absolutely won't. You know, it just, you, you, if you think back two summers ago, you do not know what song you were singing in your car, but, uh, totally. but everybody on the planet can sing, uh, can sing a Beatles song. So, you know, we'll see. Um, but, but, Jeff, let's just do this right now. Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making changes to your diabetes health plan. Because I forget to say that sometimes. And um, so how do you get around, if I buy the app from you, you are basically giving me medical advice. How do you avoid the legality that that entanglement that that brings? Is, do I just check I a that- box to... Uh, Make that go away when I settle out? <laughs> no, I, we should put that disclaimer in our app as well. I, right now, we, we, it's, it's a, we, we basically don't give you any direct medical advice um, with any of the existing uh, products that, we're, uh, that are out in the market today. Um, we, we can tell you, for instance, it looks like you're, you're going high from 6 to 8 p.m., but we won't tell you right now, okay, it looks like you have to reduce your basal rate to counteract that or increase your basal rate to counteract that. Um, we can tell you your averages and your, and your statistics and all that good stuff, but none of that really gets into prescribing insulin to you. But, but as I was saying with work with DreamEd, um, the second we cross that line and tell you, okay, it looks like you have to adjust your basal rates, that will require us to file with the uh, Food Drug Administration, the FDA in the U.S. Um, we actually have several... Um, call them 510k clearances and that basically means we've gone through rigorous quality control systems we test every single one of our products um, end-to-end multiple times before we release them out the door and the FDA has come and certified our product and our processes and said okay even though you're just calculating statistics and displaying data and graphs we deem this to be uh, safe to use and efficacious to use well let me say let me Uh, say this I I almost brought that up so that I could say this right um I'm not giving anybody advice. You're not giving anybody advice. I'm telling a story about how I take care of my daughter. But what what I'm saying is, if your endo can only see you once every three months and sees this like little brief snapshot, they don't see day to day, minute to minute, second to second. If you can start seeing that with a Gluco app, at some point, I believe you need to empower yourself to start making adjustments. If you can't say oh my gosh, my blood sugar's high. Don't worry, three months from now, I'm going to go ask the endo about it. Because then your blood sugar's high for three months. And then what happens if what the endo does doesn't help anything? Then what are you going to spend the next three months waiting to go back to the endo again or emailing them? Because when you give people a snapshot of this much data, you need Mm -hmm. all of it. You don't just need a moment or, hey, on Thursday, this happened. You you can't make a good decision based on that. You can make a a reasonably educated decision, but it's not ever going to be, it's not ever going to be as good as the decision you can make on your own when you have this kind of feedback, I think. So absolutely. We hear through our support line, we hear so many success stories of people who've 
never looked at data before, but got started on Gluco because of Insulet, um, because of the Omnipod, or because the doctor wanted to try it. And you know, we've heard stories of one, two point A one C reductions, and to us, that's just just definitely validates the work that we're doing. Uh, makes me very happy to go to work every day. Um, but I think just having the the data at your fingertips and to be able to see the different trends and how you're doing after different activities, that just makes all the difference in the world. Um, Yeah. Well, Jeff, I appreciate you coming on and doing the podcast. Um, No problem. I reached out and you guys were really cool about it and I appreciate that. Um, I just think I'm happy to be here. Jeff, you're very kind to say that. Thank you so much. You're already, (laughs) you're on the West Coast. uh, yeah, I'm on the West Coast, but I was going to say I could I could talk about diabetes with you forever, Scott. So feel free to reach back out to me anytime you want. We listen. You know what would be interesting is we could just talk and not talk about Gluco, talk more about you and your your story with with type one. I think that'd be really great. Yeah, yeah. it would be. Cool. All right. Well, I will uh, I will hold you to that. But after my shoulder surgery, because the doctor said I'm going to be a little loopy for a couple weeks. <laughs> sure. Well, maybe that's the best time to talk then. Well, that would be a hell of a podcast, probably. I'd be loaded <laughs> on painkillers, and you would be uh, on Skype, and we could uh, we just to go. All right, man. I, I genuinely appreciate you coming on. Thank you so very much. No problem at all. Could I let me, could I say one thing before you I sign say off? Here? What, you do whatever you need to do. I just wanted to say, get in touch with us uh, with Gluco. Mm-hmm. So contact us either through Facebook or Twitter, or feel free to shoot us an email. Um, leave a post somewhere. We love, love hearing from uh, people who use Gluco, people who don't use Gluco, why or why not use Gluco, anything you want us to build out for you, any feedback you have for us. Um, we're all in this together. Uh, a lot of us here have diabetes and want to empower you to make, uh, to, to make diabetes management easier. Um, we always want to be building the right products. We want to make sure we're in touch with the people who use our products. And so any feedback that you have for us on anything, we'd love to hear. Um, we're also always running some some beta tests on new products that are coming out. So if you want to stay on top of what we're building um, and get some sweet glucose swag along the way, so uh, feel free to reach out and uh, glucose.com. Gluco.com. Yeah. G L O O K O.com. And then at the bottom, contact Gluco. I see it right here. I'm looking right at it, Joe. Look at this. Yep. In four more seconds, I could be sending an email. That's how easy it is. (laughs) All right, Exactly. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much. No problem. Great to talk to you. You too. Take care. Thanks to Jeff for coming on. You can always go to gluco.com to find out more. G L O O K O.com. Thanks also to Omnipod and Dexcom for sponsoring this, the Juicebox podcast. Please go to myomnipod.com slash juicebox or dexcom.com slash juicebox to find out more and to help support the podcast. I want to thank everyone who has been sharing the podcast with other people. This past month, uh, March of 2017, was again the new high level for downloads for the podcast. And I'm going to... Let me give you a, a little look into the uh, to the back room here for a second. Let me click. You mind if I click for a second? Okay. I'm going to just tell you that for the past. Wow. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. For the past ten months, the podcast has increased in downloads every month from the previous month and a significant increase. Uh, over the previous month. So you guys are doing a great job of helping me to let everybody else know about the podcast. So thank you very much. I will see you next week. Right now I'm deciding between, hmm, 
just a really cool interview with a lovely person, a conversation about menstruation and type 1 diabetes with an adult who has type 1. That one is fun and funny and informative. And I'm also considering posting the return of Jenny Smith. You remember Jenny Smith from an earlier episode. People seem to love that episode. Jenny and I spent an entire hour in like 20 minutes talking just about A1C. So I'm making my decision between those three things. You're just going to have to wait and see what happens. I don't know what I'm going to decide.